It's time for Breathe Again Magazine, the radio show. A moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. Listen to real-life testimonies from women and men just like you who have gone from victim to victorious. Sit back, listen, connect in the chat room, and share the show with a friend. Here's your host, author, and motivational speaker, Nicole Cleveland. Hello, and thank you for joining me. Today's show is all about how one woman turned her loss into love. My guest is author Yvonne Morgan. Listen as she shares how losing her son led her to start an orphan relief effort and build two orphanages. Don't go away. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm very glad to be here and be chatting with you. Awesome. Look, Yvonne, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. You know, you have a bio and you've done wonderful things and you've helped thousands of people, but how would you describe Yvonne to others? Um, I'm very much a down-to-earth person. Um, I've always, I've been a person of faith all my life. Um, and, you know, my, my dad and parents got me into church from an early age and just have always been one that kind of have followed what God wants me to do. And I'm a, very much a person that will say yes to God to figure out what's going to come next. And uh, I love adventure. I love going and doing new things and trying out things. And it's been a journey so far. Oh, wow. Wow. So you're one of those people that just say yes and just give it to God. Say, I'm just going to, you know, God, if you want me to do it, I'm going to do it. I don't understand it, but I'm just going to believe that you are lighting the path for me. Exactly. And when you do that, yeah, a lot of times you don't know what you're getting into, but boy, it's been an incredible ride. When I think back over some of the experiences I've had, it's I can't imagine my life not with not having those experiences because he, he's been awesome on things. Not everything's perfect, but boy, he takes you on adventures. I'm telling you, whew, we could talk about adventures all yeah. day long. Oh, adventures yeah. with God. Hmm, that's Amen. a good title of a book, huh? Yeah, I know. That might be have to be one. <laughs> <laughs> so Yvonne, um, Breathe Again is a moment of hope, inspiration, and solutions. I know about 29 years ago, you had a loss in your family. You lost your son. Can yep. you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, we have two daughters um, that they were both older than our son. Um, William was our third child. We had always been a family that wanted a son. Um, my husband's aunts used to say, oh, look, a girl, when are you having the next one? And so we wanted that boy. And so we got pregnant a third time. Um, everything went as planned. You know, we didn't think anything was wrong. All the appointments were great. Um, and then came the, I did go into labor about a month early. Um, and my doctor wasn't real worried about that. You know, um, he just thought, you know, sometimes that happens. But then once our son was born, um, I remember my husband, they said, it's a boy. And we'd already had the name William Charles picked out. My husband went running out of the room. 
uh, to go tell all the family that was in the hospital. And I can oh. remember my doctor turning and looking at me and he go, he tried to stop my husband, mm. but couldn't catch him. And he said to me, there's a problem. Mm. Um, and so by the time my husband walked back into the room, it was a very different environment. Um, and our doc, my P, um, OBGYN set us down and said, we're going to have to bring in specialists, but your, your son has a whole lot of health issues. Um, we did get uh, a specialized doctor come in that does genetic testing. And she came in um, and took one look at him and said, I'll, I'll use the term, it's tetrasomy 9P, um, which is he had four tops on his ninth chromosome. <clears throat> and I can remember asking the doctor, I said, oh, so like Down syndrome and him kind of patting my, my hand and saying, oh, honey, you're not that lucky. Mm. Um, and he lived to be nine days old. Um, and his chart was probably two inches thick with everything Mm. that was wrong with them from enlarged heart to his blood flowed backwards in his body to my God. Yeah. Yeah. So not anything we ever expected, like I said, had our daughters, everything went, they're fine. There's uh 33 and 30 now. Um, so everything seemed perfect. Um, and then, like I said, um, within nine days, he was gone. So we could have done a few surgeries, you know, but the doctor set us down and had some heart to heart. And it's like, you know, why are you doing the surgeries? Because we knew he was the only ninth reported case with the child being born with this condition. And they said, he, there's no way he's going to live beyond a year in the country. Yeah, in the world, Oh my! in the world, it's a very rare genetic condition. Um, and they said, you know, if you're going to do the surgeries, you're only doing it for you. You're not, you know, it's not like it's going to change his life. So why do yeah. it? And we went home, or, well, went to church after that visit and spent a lot of time on our knees at the church and visiting with our pastors and that and decided not to do anything. Let God take the course and go with it from there. Wow, that had to be a, a hard decision. It was. It was. That was probably our that the several things throughout the event that really stick in your mind. And I can remember that night coming home and laying in bed and just screaming at God. And it's like because the doctors told us we need it to make a decision and sign paperwork mm-hmm. and do not resuscitate. And I can remember screaming at God, why are you making me make that decision? Um, but we had to. And, you know, we put it in God's hands and it's like, okay, God, if this child's meant to live, you'll make, you'll make him live no matter what we do. So, but if not, yeah, it's your will, right? Yeah. It's your will. It was his will. And you understood that. And so yeah, didn't like it, but understood it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And how did you heal? Because you're a mom. Yeah, it took quite a while. Um, I remember at about a year, getting close to him being gone for a year, going to the doctor, it's like, look, I just don't feel good. Um, He asked, and this was my regular doctor, not my OBGYN. And he's like, well, what's been going on in your life? And I told him and he kind of looked at me, goes, oh, hon, you're depressed. And it's like, and then that made me feel even worse. I hate Mm. to say it, but you know, depression wasn't something I wanted to ever think of would happen to me. But I said, you know, and we talked a lot and, you know, he said, I could prescribe you medicine. He goes, but with a situation like this, you've got to go through it 
to get yeah. to the other side. And so he said, we're not, he, we um, joined several support groups for people who had lost children, yeah, vain, especially you. infant children. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember the first meeting we went, I told my husband, they're doing a Christmas service at, at the hospital for these families. And I said, I want to go. And afterwards they said, okay, we're going to do the meeting. And I said to my husband, I'm going. He goes, I'm not. And I said, okay, come back in an hour and a half. And he's like, fine. And we went and (laughs) we were, we went, we were part of that group for probably a couple of years. And that really helped a lot just to hear other families because say, I feel that way because you have all these feelings that you don't know how to put into words or when you do, you scare people by saying them, you know, because I can remember saying, I wish I wouldn't wake up tomorrow morning. Mm. Not that I wanted to kill myself. I want it just it all to end. And other people understood that. It's like, oh, I have felt that way. And it's so, but it didn't cause them to panic to think, oh, she's suicidal. They understood. It's just, I just want this pain to end. Yeah. They were able to relate with your pain. And it's nice to be in a room with someone that understands what you've gone through and cried the same tears that you've cried and understood the walk and the journey that you were on. So good for you for for reaching out and really taking ownership over your healing. And that's exactly what you did. So good for you. Yeah. And I had read several different books that our doctors recommend, you know, and the one thing that stuck out, especially after the death of a child, 80% of marriages fail after mm-hmm. the death of a child. And it's like, you know, I read that and I looked, my husband and I, we talked, and it's like, that's not going to be us. We're going to get through this somehow, you know, right. with God putting Amen. him in the middle of it. But, you know, we made that determination. We were going to get through this and come out better people on the other side. Wonderful. Wonderful. Now from that, you really took that pain and you turned it into purpose right? What you did was you, 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 along with your husband, founded an orphan relief effort, and you built two orphanages. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, it all started, I was at um, church about, again, about 18 months, two years after our son was gone, um, and that we were at our annual church meeting, and they were doing all kinds of church business, and um, they were counting votes, and in between, you know, for different elected positions. And in between, they had different people doing presentations. And this group did a presentation on a mission trip that was going to Haiti um, the next summer from this time. And just as soon as they start talking, felt the spirit nudge me and say, you need to go. And I thought, nope, (laughs) and kind of laughed it off and then felt it again. And then my husband came back from doing something. And I said, I think I'm supposed to go on this mission trip. And he laughed because, as he said, has always said, my idea of roughing anything is a holiday in versus a (laughs) Motel 6. So he's like, you can't do a mission trip, meaning not capable, not that he didn't want me to do it. Um, And so went on that mission trip in fact, and then once I came back and we worked with children in Haiti, um, orphans and feeding program mm-hmm. and came back from that trip and went on a couple more. And, and each mission trip, we worked with children mm-hmm. and I realized, OK, there's something here. Um, after that, my first the first trip to Haiti, my husband did not go because he never felt called. After that, he's been on everyone since then. Um, and finally, in the year 2000. We went to Kenya 
Um, and with a determination, it's like, okay, we've done all, we had done three other mission trips at this point. It's like, let's go and figure out what God's really calling us to do. Um, and back then there were a number of orphans in Africa is all over Africa, especially Kenya, um, from the AIDS epidemic. And Mm -hmm. so we came home and we had visited several orphanages while we were there. And I can remember laying in bed at night after that trip and just hearing those children calling to us. Mm. And so started working there, worked there for about 10 years, some, the government, lots of issues there with the government and that. So, um, but that's what sparked the idea to do the orphan relief effort and help orphans. Um, we then ended up, um, after 10 years, we built orphanages in Kathmandu, Nepal, and in Myanmar, which people know more as Burma, um, in Southeast Asia. And so between the two, we have about 60 children that we take care of. The one in, um, excuse me, the one in Burma is a lot bigger. I think we're up to 35 children there Wow. 20, 25 in Nepal. That's fascinating. And that has to be fulfilling. Oh, it is. It is. And, you know, we always joke when we go visit because we try to, other than this year because of COVID, but we try to visit one or the other at least once a year, go to one of them. Um, You know, we always joke, they all call us mom and dad. And Mm so it's like we have 55 extra children now. So (laughs) I lost one and gained a whole bunch more. Oh, look at God, right? Yeah. yeah. And and even though we don't work with the orphanage in Kenya anymore, a lot of those girls, because our orphanage in Kenya was all girls. um, And as they have grown up and moved out on their own and that they've all a bunch of them. I think I probably keep up with about 15 of them through Facebook and, you know, it's just wonderful. They let me know what's going on in their lives. And it's just, we just have all these, this family all over the world that God gave to us. It's been wonderful. That's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Cool. Kudos to you though. Kudos to you you for for doing that and continuing to, I always say, you know, the word of God tells us what we've done to the least of them you have done unto yep. me and you are really fulfilling that call and that mission to the least of them. So God bless you for what you're doing. Well, thank but you. You're welcome. But Yvonne, you're also an author. You're yes. the author of two books. Is that correct? Two books. So far, so far. Awesome. got several more coming out. <laughs> and the first book was turning mountains into molehills. Yep. And the second one, your newest release is rest in God the prayer journal. Is that correct? Right. Okay. That's correct. So talk to me a little bit about turning mountains into molehills, because normally you say you're turning, (laughs) you're holding a molehill into a mountain. (laughs) Yep. And we, we did it backwards. And it was um, on one of our mission trips, my husband came up with the saying, and it just, that part stuck um, where he said, you know, you can look at something and it's a mountain and God can change it into a molehill. And so just in saying, you know, these things we see out there that we think are impossible, but nothing is impossible with God. And so he changes our mountains into molehills and then it makes it easy to do or easier. Um, And that book is basically the 20 year journey in our mission work and just all the incredible things God has shown us through that, the different miracles we've been able to witness, the, the heartbreak we've been through with some of the situations, and just that journey, part of our journey. So it's a memoir of that part of 
and that's how this all started because <laughs> I don't I generally don't say no to God um, and I kept having this nudge to write this book it's like you've been doing this work for 20 years you have some stories that I have given you you need to write them down and I was never a writer Mm -hmm. um, I'm an accountant by my trade. I love numbers, don't like words too much. Mm -hmm. And so I kept saying, no, <laughs> and God kept saying, yeah, I want you to do this. And finally I said, okay, Lord, if this is from you and not just me wanting to be an author, let Bill ask me about it someday. Mm -hmm. And so things went away for a little while. And about a month later, we're sitting in the living room one night and my husband looks over at me and goes, and I've never said any of this to my husband. He knows nothing. He, but he looked at me and he said, so how's that book coming? Oh, and I started crying. Yeah. I start crying and Bill's like, what? And I told him, he goes, I guess you're going to write a book. And it's like, I guess I am. So, and that's how <laughs> turning mountains into molehills came into being. Awesome. Awesome. And talk to me about your second book, The Prayer Journal. Yeah. And again, God works in mysterious ways. Um, whole COVID stuff came about this year, you know, and we're all stressed. We're all, it's causing more stress and it probably should because we need to trust God. But I know I was feeling it. Um, and so I decided I need to post, I've got a Twitter account. And so it's like, I need to post a prayer each morning and each evening on Twitter to help me and mm -hmm. to help those out there, just because we're all in that same boat. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing this and I had an, a publishing company contact me and said, we've seen your prayers that you're posting. Have you ever thought of writing a prayer journal? Mm. And I was like, no, I said, but hey, if you're contacting me, let's talk. And sure enough, we talked about it and it took about four or five months. It was really a fast process. And we have um, resting God, a prayer journal now, which has a hundred, it's um got a hundred prayers and Bible verses in it that people can use daily to help them through the struggles of life. And then it's got a, a section where you can journal. So you can track as you pray for something specific, you can track how God responds. Awesome. Awesome. Well, congratulations well, thank on you. your, on the journal and on your journey, because it sounds like you have been set up by God. <laughs> it feels that way. And I've got another one coming out, hopefully in January, I think is the target. Um, it's a more of a Bible study, um, finding faith, hope, and love in a broken world. Mm. And then up next year, I've got two Christian children's books coming out. So you are busy and you are a COVID survivor. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Just in fact, got diagnosed on uh, just this last week with it. So luckily, praise the Lord, it's been both my husband and I, we've had mild cases. It's mm -hmm. still not fun, but it hasn't been too bad. So just treating it at home and, and lots of prayers with from family and friends keeping us going. Absolutely. Um, and I will definitely have you both in my prayers and we're just well, believing God for total healing. And so thank there's you. going to be another story after this. Oh, I know. I know. It's always interesting to see where God's going to take you on things. I'm telling you. So Yvonne, talk to me a little bit about how you would encourage that, that brother or that sister that is going through what you have gone through in the past, you know, breathe again. It is an encouraging word 
to a brother or a sister. It's a moment of hope, inspiration, or solutions. And we could have someone right now that's feeling down and depressed and feeling like you were at one time that did not want to move on, didn't want to go on. How would you minister to that individual if they were standing in front of you or if they're listening right now? And a lot of times we get the question too, why does God let these things happen? And you know, God doesn't cause these things to happen. God, you know, because of sin in the world, you know, the background, um, these things happen in life. And God wants to see through it all how we respond. Because when I kept going to church, you know, um, I kept connected. I prayed a lot. I, that's what I would encourage others to do. I kept praying, even though a lot of times I felt like my prayers were getting as far as the ceiling and no further. Kept going to church, sat in the back so nobody would talk to me, um, but just kept that connection, just kept that connection going the whole time because I knew if anything was going to get me through this, God was the only one who could um, because it was such a devastating event that nothing else was going to get me through it. Even though at times I was angry with them and I told him that, and right. it's okay to be angry with God at these situations. He doesn't want them to happen, but they do happen. And so he, he understands. And I remember I've got a journal that I kept during some of that time. And I've got a whole page of where I just kept writing why in all different fonts and sizes and different color pens. And sometimes I still wonder why, you know, looking back, I can see what came from it, but it would still be nice to have my son here with us, especially as we come up on Christmas, there are still times it's a tough tough to go through because I'll never have a complete family at a Christmas meal, never have a complete family for this event or that event. Um, But God gets you through it. And he's, he's the only thing that's going to get you through it without losing really, truly losing your sanity. Amen. Amen. It sounds like you're saying, you're saying, stay connected, stay connected. Stay connected. Yep. And even if you're angry, still stay connected. Awesome. How can the audience get in touch with you? How can they purchase the book? How can they reach out? What's your website? My website is Yvonne-Morgan.com. And that's Yvonne is Y-V-O-N-N-E, just so people know, because of many different spelling. Um, On there, you can reach out to me. Uh, There's a place you can put your prayer request. You can just send me a message if you want to. Um, My books are on there, both of them, and any future books will be on there. Um, I also blog weekly, and so a copy of my blog shows up on there, so it just gives you some information. You know, I think that's probably the best way to connect, that where you can see it all. About the only thing that's not on there, and I do think I, I have it link there, but um, Orphan Relief Effort is a separate entity. That's where the orphan work is. And we're also have a web page for that and a Facebook group, a Facebook page for that. So you can look us up orphanreliefeffort.org. You know, and that way you can see pictures of the kids we work with, what's going on in their lives, if that part of this interests anybody. Very nice. Very nice. Now that has been our time, Yvonne. Thank you so much for stopping by the show and sharing your story. Well, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And I hope some of you reach out there. I'd love to communicate with some of you. Awesome.